Good evening. Welcome to Voice in the Wilderness. I'm Don Noble of Pure Heart Ministries, and I welcome you today with exceedingly abundantly and overflowing joy. Tonight, the message is Lessons We Need Today. When the military calls for a draft, eligible men don't have a say. You're in no matter what. Of course, it does take an act of Congress signed into law by the president. The Selective Service Administration then goes back into action and calls people involuntarily to military service. Every male between the ages of 18 and 25 is legally required to register for the Selective Service no matter what. Once drafted, then they determine if you are able to serve physically and or mentally, and then those who meet certain criteria are exempt. Unfortunately, there are no exemptions listed in the Bible for believers, male or female, to serve in God's army. If you're born again, you qualify for service to the King of Kings, Jesus. Leo Homan, a veteran investigative reporter and author, has spent decades researching and writing about education, immigration, crime, politics, and religion. I'm going to comment and read parts of a recent article he wrote for Intercessors for America that he titled Patriot Lessons for Today. I think you will find this very, not just interesting, but extremely helpful. That's why I am sharing it with you tonight. So Leo begins. He says, I sat down to watch a familiar movie, The Patriot, starring Mel Gibson in the role of a fictional character named Benjamin Martin, who finds himself drawn into the American Revolutionary War. It's always been a favorite, and I've seen it many times, but this time I would see the story unfold through an entirely new lens. There's more to it, I found, than just a patriot hero, a keen military strategy, and an intriguing history lesson. He goes on, the movie actually contains many of the essential elements of spiritual warfare, useful for us living on the earth today, heading into the year of our Lord, 2023, which promises to be another year of volatility and disruptive events. While the movie received mostly high praise at its release back in 2000, if you Google The Patriot, you will find some spurious things have been written in recent years by mainstream critics taking pot shots at Robert Rodat's dramatic presentation of a story about revolutionary colonists who rebelled against the British. His story centers on the life of one Benjamin Martin, a fictional character based loosely on the real-life character of Brigadier General Francis Marion, an American Revolutionary War officer planter and politician, also known in history as 
the swamp fox. I'll stop there for just a second. I personally have never seen the movie. And I was pretty sure that I had the DVD, and so far I haven't located it, so maybe I don't have the DVD, but actually I'm very anxious to watch this movie uh, for all the reasons that I'm going to share with you this evening. Leo goes on, the story captures the psyche of the early American agrarian settlers who lived and worked far from the population centers in New York, Boston, and Philadelphia. They formed militias to protect themselves from government mobs and faced a moment in history similar to what we are living in now, where they were forced to make a decision. Do they confront the obvious evil that had come out of the shadows and into broad daylight? had even come for their children? Or do they bow and offer up their posterity to this illegitimate thing, claiming authority, claiming ownership over their lives? And I would add at this point, this is the big question. So I want you to keep that question in the back of your mind because what they faced then is similar to what we are facing now. And the question will be for you and I, do we confront the obvious evil? And this evil literally has come out of the shadows. COVID came on the scene in early 2020, and it seems like that somehow spurred on all of this evil behavior that we are witnessing and experiencing right now today in the last two years. It just seems to be amplifying. So that is the question. Do we confront this evil? And obviously it has come for our children. I've talked about it many times. I know that you know it. If you watch the news, read any kind of news, you must know what's going on. The transgender library, story time, etc. Or, or do we just back up and say, well, it's okay. Well, you know, we're not going to bother. We'll let them, let them go on doing what they do. So, Keep that question in the back of your mind as I go on. Leo says the Patriot movie offers a hidden commentary on the Christian believer's natural desire to remain free, to refuse to bend the knee to any earthly authority that controverts the will of Almighty God and His Son, Jesus Christ. He is the sole, sole source of our freedoms. And the moment any government or corporate entity makes the claim to usurp his role as the author and definer of right and wrong, it's our duty to rise up and oppose that entity. And of course, what we have seen 
in the last two years to a great degree is whatever is good is being called evil and whatever is evil is being called good. And the Bible talks about that and they and the Lord really doesn't like that. But that's what's happening right now. Only Jesus Christ, only the Father, has the right to determine what is right and what is wrong. And obviously, the Bible, the Word of God, makes clear what is right and what is wrong. So we have a duty as believers to rise up and oppose anything that comes against our biblical values and the principles written in the Word of God. I hope you're on the other end saying amen and amen. So when any earthly king or authority or let's just say a president and a government tries to subvert and supplant the laws of nature and of nature's God, violating the sacred free will that God instilled in us, that entity has now overstepped its bounds and gone rogue. It has given itself over to the Prince of Darkness. I want to read that again because I just, I just want you to get that in your spirit. When any earthly king or authority, meaning in our case, president or our government, tries to subvert or supplant the laws of nature and of nature's God, violating the sacred free will that God has instilled in us, you and I as believers, that entity, that government, has now overstepped its bounds and gone rogue. It has given itself over to the Prince of Darkness. And that is what you and I living in the United States of America, that is what we are experiencing as I speak to you tonight. So what's any of this have to do with the Patriot movie? After watching it again, Leo said, I saw plenty of parallels between then and now. For starters, when evil shows up and bears its fangs, you should expect that at least 97% of the people will be caught off guard and will cower. Most will not even recognize the evil for what it is. But even among those who do recognize it, they would rather believe lies than the truth. Now, Benjamin Martin, our hero figure in the movie The Patriot, finds himself in this camp with the truth deniers right at the beginning of the film. He didn't want to believe that the tyranny of the British crown, well, it wasn't as really as bad as others were making it out to be, he thought. And he tried to justify his inaction. Well, we see good people engaging in this same type of stubborn denial today. I see it all the time. I 
don't know about you. I see it in the pulpit where people, clergy, do not want to speak about politics. In fact, I came across a video on YouTube. I won't mention who the people are, but I was absolutely astonished. A husband and wife were bashing, and I mean bashing, a very prominent minister on television that I have followed, I like. And one of the things they were bashing him about, just one of the things, they had a list, was that he was talking about politics. Ooh, that's a no-no. If you've listened to me for any length of time, you know that I believe that politics have to be discussed in the pulpit. Absolutely. That's why we're in the shape we're in. That's why we're in the place we're in. So this couple is, as far as I'm concerned, they're way out of line. First of all, they're way out of line for bashing a minister. I would never do that. I I don't believe in doing that. Now, there may be churches I wouldn't go to or pastors I wouldn't sit under. But I'm not to, about to come against God's anointed. God put them in that position. Anyway, back to this statement. We see good people engaging in this same type of stubborn denial today. Even if the forces of darkness get their minions to pass laws or enact policies that are so blatantly evil, something like, say, the family-friendly drag queen shows, presenting barely clothed men dancing erotically and simulating sex in front of young children, you will hear, this is stunning, you will hear the 97% try to justify it or at least downplay it as somehow not as bad as it looks. Are you kidding me? I mean, are you kidding me? You see, they listen to the whispers. The whispers say, don't get involved. That's not your fight. Oh, leave it for someone else. Another person will do it. Another time, another day. You see, they always find some reason to cower bend, back down, cut a deal, or compromise. So here we go. Lesson number one. You cannot negotiate with the devil. Benjamin Martin learned this the hard way. When the Revolutionary War broke out, Martin, played by Mel Gibson, was part of this first group. He was part of the 97% who Compromise, back down, say, oh, not now. I can't be a part of that. He wanted nothing to do with the war. Ah, but he gets a staggering wake-up call when a British officer named Colonel William Tavington arrives at his house with a garrison of troops. 
when a harmless scuffle breaks out. Tavington shoots and kills one of Martin's sons in cold blood right in front of his father's eyes. They slaughtered Martin's young son like a stray dog. But these monsters aren't done. They shackle his oldest son, Gabriel, and haul him off to be hung as a traitor because he had already enlisted in the Continental Army. With the war now having arrived at his personal residence, Martin goes from the first group of the 97% not wanting to fight to now the second group of 3%, who rightly divided good from evil and became active volunteers in the fight against the crown. Meanwhile, Martin continues to not only fight, but recruit fresh blood into his now-growing militia. Lesson number two. The initial volunteers will only get you so far when fighting a committed, determined, well-organized army of demons. Oh, let me say that to you again. The initial volunteers will only get you so far when fighting a committed, determined, well-organized army of demons. And the British were all of the above, much like the globalists and the leftists coming for our children today. Eventually, you will need to call in backup, and that means going out to recruit fresh foot soldiers. Benjamin went into the underbelly of society to find new recruits. While they had nothing in common at first, these men from country churches and tough guy saloons ended up earning each other's respect and making for a potent fighting force. Lesson number three. Do not falsely judge your neighbor based on his background being different or not as pristine as yours. Eventually, British General Cornwallis begins to gather enough intel to identify the rebel militia, and he agrees to an evil plan to annihilate it once and for all. Cornwallis turns to none other than Colonel Tavington to carry out the task. Yes, this is the same Tavington who murdered Benjamin's young son. Tavington figures out not only who is leading these devastating attacks on British troops, but gets his hands on a list of all volunteers serving in the local militia, including names and addresses of family members. You see, the 97%, and there were probably, out of that 97%, there was a large percentage of people who supported the British crown, who didn't want the war, and so they'd rat on their neighbors, they'd rat on friends, and they'd tell the British who was enlisted in the militia. So now Benjamin Martin is no longer anonymous. Lesson number four. If you're living in evil times and you choose to be on the side of good, that's me, I'm waving my flag, are you? You can only remain anonymous for so long. You will eventually have to embrace your role as an outspoken voice of resistance. The story goes on from there. And 
I don't need to relay any more of the details other than to say that small ambush attacks were effective for a time, but were not enough to defeat an enemy of this caliber. Half-hearted attacks, blindsided attacks, must eventually turn into a full frontal assault on the heart of the enemy's troops. These battles started out with the two armies situated far apart, lobbing cannonballs and rifle volleys from a distance. But as the fighting advanced to the next stage, well, they brought out their muskets. A musket was a smooth bore weapon that did not have the range or accuracy of a grooved bore rifle. But when fired in synchronized volleys at a distance of less than 100 yards, they could be devastating. You can see the men falling more frequently now, to your right and to your left, but the smoke and the distance were still such that you couldn't see exactly how many of your musket balls were landing hits on the enemy's side. Lesson number five. You won't always see the results of your fervent prayers, your hard work, your faithful service, at least not immediately. Then the battlefield shrinks again. Sometimes one side will break through the lines only to find itself too far in and without enough manpower, at which point they decide to retreat rather than face more devastating losses. I don't know what percentage of the overall Revolutionary War battles went to the final and most terrifying stage, but you had to know it was about to happen when you heard your commanding officer shout, Fix bayonets. Now, hand-to-hand combat ensues. You are toe-to-toe and eyeball-to-eyeball with the enemy. You must fight like a madman and leave nothing on the field. These are what patriot men faced, and this is how they reacted in 18th century America. Where have all the patriots gone? But lest we get discouraged and feel we are alone in the pitched battles of today, we are not. I know quite a few brave men and women who I can count on to be be with me in the trenches in 2023. And I'm sure you know some too, hopefully. But this is a key piece of historical information that was hard for me to even believe. But only about 3%, 3% of the colonists only signed up to fight the mighty British Empire, which was roughly the equivalent of what we see fighting the modern technology beast system that's in place now. That's all it took, 3%. And I don't expect it will be any more than that willing to head to the front lines in 2023 to fight today's modern warfare, which is not fought with guns and cannons, but with ideas and information and prayer. The main problem that I see today is this. Many of the 3% are still fighting as if it's the early stages of the war, 
They think they can launch an ambush attack here and there, then fade back into their comfortable homes, maybe turn on the NFL, play video games, go to a concert, remain anonymous. We are, I believe, already beyond the stage of musket volleys and heading for hand-to-hand combat. At any moment now, our field general, Jesus, could shout, fix bayonets. Are you ready? Will you even hear him when he issues the command? You see, until we develop that warrior mentality, we will never be ready for the battlefield. And that's why I'm concerned about the pulpits today in America that are not preparing the body of Christ, not getting them ready. And so much of the church is kind of way behind and being assaulted on every side. For me, the American Revolution provides many lessons that we can still learn today. And I, the ones that I've shared with you today that Leo Homan wrote, I think are appropriate. I think was an excellent article. But we must pray for strength and a resolve to do what is right like the patriots of old. My father, my earthly father, always said to me, Don, just do what's right. So, Father, we come before you this evening and we ask, first, that you would increase our faith. We ask that you would make us bold as lions. Help us to be true patriots like the great Americans of our past. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, this is Dawn Noble. You can go to www.pureheart.today and listen to this podcast again, or you can download the iHeart Radio app and go to Podcasts Pure Heart Ministries and listen 24-7 to this podcast. And of course, I always appreciate your prayers, much needed. I ask every week because they are. Prayer is important. Thank you for sending your financial gift to help support this ministry. And you can send that to Pure Heart Ministries, P.O. Box 85, Valley Grove, West Virginia, 26060. I'm encouraging you. It's expensive to be on uh, secular radio. So please consider sending a financial gift to Pure Heart Ministries, P.O. Box 85, Valley Grove, West Virginia, 26060. Well, this is Dawn Noble. I look forward to being with you next week. Shalom, shalom. Peace be unto you.